The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. Reiki has been proven to bring you balance and peace, as well as improve your health. It's a healing method that works with other alternative methods, as well as conventional medical practices, to encourage and enhance personal healing on a number of levels. Now, to tell you more about Reiki and better health, here is Paula Vale. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. This is Paula Vale, and I am here with Angie Cooper, Welcome to the For the Love of Reiki show on Voice America. And today's a very special show. I've, I've been very excited to share this. As all of you know, all of my beautiful listeners out there, that with the love, For the Love of Reiki show, we share information, we share passion, we share self-empowerment, and we share stories. Today we are going to share the personal story of a beautiful, inspiring woman named Angie. And Angie is joining us today from Perth, Australia. And the title of this episode is Alternative Choices and Triumph Over Illness. And Angie Cooper is our guest today. And Angie, to begin, I just want to say welcome and thank you. No, thank you very much for having me. Oh, thank you. We are so honored. Well, let's begin. Please share with the listeners just a little bit about you, your background. Sure, I'd love to. Um, I live, as you said, in Perth, Western Australia, so basically we're on the opposite side of the world. For me, it's 7 o'clock in the morning here, so 4 o'clock in the afternoon for you. So today it's the 4th of September. Um, yeah, I'll start. I grew up in Perth my whole life with a mum and dad. Uh, you know, just three sisters, three beautiful sisters, and grew up in a loving family. My dad was in the uh, police force, and he moved careers and joined the fire brigade. My mum was a stay-at-home mum, originally trained as a registered nurse, so I was so blessed growing up to be able to have my mum there all the time, taking me to and from school and, you know, all the things we do as young children. I had a best friend, Lisa, who lived across the road, and I spent oh, every day with her after school playing, climbing trees, making cubbies, and then she moved when I was nine, and, you know, my first lesson in life, I was absolutely devastated. I remember crying and crying but we really worked on our friendship and would ride for you know 40 minutes an hour to to, to just see each other and keep in contact and I'm still best friends with her today and obviously we don't see each other as much as we used to but you know our friendship has stayed strong. I went to a Catholic school which to be honest I wasn't really that keen on because at the time I would have preferred to have just gone to the school up the road and worn my Levi's and been cool. 
left school at 15. I wasn't wasn't the popular kid at school, I would say, but um, I left school at 15 and I went on to work at an insurance company, which I absolutely loved for the next 10 years. I, I always wondered if, if I didn't enjoy school so much because I was bullied because I excelled in sports. You know, kids can be cruel and they can judge and, yeah, but that, that's fine. Um I met my husband when I was 21 and we knew um, each other for a little while before we got together. He was only 19, so I thought he was way too young for me, I guess. But age doesn't really matter when you right the, meet the right person. We went on to get married four years later and then we travelled a lot before we had children, driving around the USA for six months and three months in Europe. We were so blessed to have family living in Nevada and we based our time with them um, we stayed in Carson City and Reno, and we absolutely love the United States. Now, together we have had three children. Ryan will turn 21 on my 50th birthday in October. Raquel will turn 19 on the 3rd of September, so today for you, yesterday for me. Um, and we have Jared 17. And, of course, we all think our children are the best, but seriously, my kids are absolutely amazing and I am absolutely grateful every single day that I have them in their life. Um, oh, yeah, and that basically beautiful. brings us up to now. Oh, beautiful. Oh, thank you, Angie. And we are here today together to share your amazing story with the world. So please share with us information regarding your diagnosis and your reaction to that diagnosis. Of course. Um, yeah, this is actually the first time I've talked about it. So to be honest, my heart's racing and I do feel a little little nervous about it all. But um, yeah, I'd love to share it with you now. Thank you. I went, to visit a, I went to visit a dermatologist in March of 2012 to get regular skin checks. Growing up in Australia, we obviously spend a lot of time in the sun and... Um, prior to this particular appointment, I had already had a couple of basal cell carcinomas excuse me, removed from my skin. On this particular appointment with a dermatologist, he did notice a basal cell carcinoma and needed removing. Um, at the time, I also had a very small external sore that really didn't look like anything. It wasn't a mole. Um, I think the best way you could probably describe it was like a little pimple. Um, I, he had a look at it and he didn't seem to so concerned, so therefore I didn't worry about it. And then after a couple of months, you know, I should have listened probably earlier to my gut, but I, I kept ignoring it and it started bleeding and I even pricked it with a pin, which really isn't the best thing to do, but it kind of looked like a little blister. Um, it just wouldn't go away, so I went to my local doctor who did a biopsy and within a couple of days... He rang me at home, just an everyday normal day, rang me at home, Angie, you need to come and see me. I had a nodular melanoma and it was bad and that was basically my phone call. Um, and all this happened, all these changes was just in a couple of months. Um, so an appointment was set up with a surgeon and the melanoma was removed and essentially no biopsy was done. And at the time, I mean, I had never felt such shock and fear in my life. And literally, you know, 
you, you don't know how you react until you're given that news. And I couldn't get out of bed. My legs would not allow me to walk, and they were like jelly. My head was like giddy. Um, yeah, because previous to this, I had lost one of my closest friends to this deadly disease only th- three years earlier at age 42. So I had been there right to the end with her, so I knew how horrible this was for all concerned. Um her daughter is best friends with my daughter and I've seen how losing her mother has affected her and I just felt I was heading down that same path. So, yeah, we saw the surgeon, etc. and then um, we had already at this time booked a ski trip to New Zealand with the family. So I went ahead with the surgery because you're made to feel that it has to be taken out, you know, right there and then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, I was still in a lot of pain, but I went with them. But to be honest, I didn't, you know, I didn't really want to go. My heart did, but my body didn't really want to do this. But, you know, in my mind, I also thought this could be the last trip, you know, I was ever going to spend with them. Um, we headed off on the trip, and at this stage, we didn't have the results of the biopsy, and it all just became a waiting game. And the inner dialogue in my head would just go on all the time. Is it, isn't it, you know? Um on returning from that holiday, our fears were confirmed with a phone call from the surgeon that said the cancer had spread and been nodular melanoma. It was the most aggressive form, so this obviously wasn't very welcoming news. At the time, my gosh, you know, you go through so many feelings and the first thing, the very next day, I was like contemplating writing letters to my, you know, even start writing letters to my kids because I knew how quick this had taken my friends and I I wanted to write these letters before I, you know, got to a point that I wasn't in a position to do that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, something, after a couple of days, I was just encouraged not to and just to, to start the fight. So I started changing my diet. I started juicing and... Um, Eliminating things from my diet, I thought was good, but you know, I've over the last couple of years, I've learned so much, and I'll, even though it was a positive step, I wasn't really doing everything the correct way. Um, I made an appointment with an oncologist with whom we discussed the conventional options that were were available to me, and at this time, the only option is a type of chemotherapy called interferon um, that didn't damage the body. Well, supposedly, that was the way it was explained to me that like other types of chemotherapy do, it is meant to boost the immune system so that the immune attacks the cancer cells. Um, The course was for three months in one-month intervals of intravenous infusions daily for 28 days. So you do it for a month, have three months off, then repeat it, and then do this this one more time. Um, It would increase my odds of Long-term survival, they don't say cure by 5%, so my survival rate would now be 70%. Um, So I I went ahead and did this because, you know, you're in a state of shock and you want to give yourself the best chance. Um, Desperate for company, but, you know, you don't want to put anyone else out. You don't want to disrupt anyone's life more than than I, I felt I already had. I drove myself to and from the hospital for the three-hour infusion. So um, that was that was pretty hard. And it's lonely and scary, but it's just something you felt you had to do. Um, after a week of infusions, I ended up so sick. Even after the fifth day, uh, the fourth day, I started feeling unwell. 
I literally couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't eat. Um, I had no appetite, and this was actually caused from the treatment, even though there was, wasn't supposed to be any side effects. Not only this, I started vomiting blood, which was another side effect. Um, and one thing it does, it messes with the brain, so I was having severe depression. Something I had never, ever experienced before. I didn't want to talk to one or eat anyone's food, and it just felt like my life was spiralling out of control and this, you know, crying constantly. Um, one of my saddest memories of this time, which was pretty hard, was my dad sitting at the end of the bed not being able to control his tears. And although I was 47 at the time, you know, I was still his baby girl. So, yeah, it was just a very lonely time. Um, I was admitted to hospital for a few days and I was uh, put on a drip. Um, my family, of course, would come and visit me, but that was really hard because, you know, my, my son, who was 14 at the time, would be standing at the end of bed crying. So um, after that, I revisited the oncologist. I spent a week in a few days in hospital, then a week of rest, and then I went back to my oncologist and he suggested reducing the dosage of the interferon to half because, as he said, with a bit of a laugh, it had given my liver a good tickle. Um I completed a month of treatment and spent oh, a good three weeks getting over it, um, which included Christmas Day. And by this stage, I was feeling ill still and my weight was just plummeting pretty bad. Yeah, so... Um, At what point, when did you make that decision to not give up and to get better? You, you made a turn there at some point, didn't you? Um, I did. I think right, you know, right from the very beginning when they had basically said, you know, sitting in my doctor's office, this is really bad news. And really it was only a couple of days later and even though this particular treatment set me down the wrong path, at no stage did I, even though I felt the depression and the anxiety, I never ever felt about giving up. It was just I've got to keep going, and um, that is what I did. Even after I had done a month of interferon, the week off, I still chose to go back and do it, put my body in, you know, even though the family was sort of saying, we understand, Mum, if you don't want to continue on with the treatment. There was just no way I was giving up. So, um, yeah, I just... I, I eventually got better from the interferon and just kept fighting. But then, unfortunately, they I did another scan and they said, yeah, well, you know, the cancer hasn't come back. But that was only within a couple of weeks to finishing the treatment. And obviously, cancers will only show up on a PET scan when they get to a certain stage. But on this particular scan, they picked up um, what they thought was a pericardial cyst. But when comparing it to the previous scan, they felt it had changed. So I'd recovered from the interferon and then they said, sorry, but we're going to have to send you in for a needle biopsy to check another um, lump we feel is a little bit suspicious. So um, from there, I recovered from the interferon. Then I had to go in and have a needle biopsy through my chest and ribs, which wasn't too um, pleasant. Um, 
And I would have been in there, I would say, for about 45 minutes, and they just kept pushing this needle in and out, in and out, and at the end they said, sorry, but it's in a position where we can't get to it, so we'll have to book you in for an MRI. So then it's all a waiting game, Paula, like... You just go from one appointment to the next. So I had to wait three weeks for an MRI. Uh, went to the hospital for the MRI. They put me in the machine. I was in the machine for about 45 minutes. And they said, sorry, but this machine isn't good enough. It's not a good good enough quality. And the whole time you're just in there, it feels like you're enclosed in a coffin. So, um, again, they sent me away. In, in tears, you know. Yes. Um, I had to wait another three weeks and then they sent me to another hospital who had a better machine, um, finally got the MRI that they needed. And this time it was actually good news. They rang and said that no, it, the cancer hadn't um, come back. So, uh, yeah, so then I made... Um, then within a month of that, that good news, I felt a lump in the top of my leg. And after many weeks thinking, it's nothing, I visited my local GP who felt and brushed it off and said it was nothing, so I felt relieved. And then I had my next appointment with the oncologist ready to book in for the next lot of interferon treatment, which I was already contemplating not continuing with. And I mentioned the lump to him, and from there it went to a biopsy and ultrasound and my fears were then confirmed again that now the melanoma had metastasized and I had um, had it spread to my leg. Um, yeah. Angie, uh, we yep. are going to take a moment to go to commercial and sure. then we will come back and continue with this with this story. Everyone, okay. please join us right back in just a couple moments, and we will continue with Angie's beautiful story and her beautiful her journey, and she'll take us to where she is now. All right. Hi, I'm Kristen Eichel. Join Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki and I, along with millions of other Reiki and energy healers worldwide, as we create the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife. Beginning from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. this Saturday and the third Saturday of every month in your time zone, this healing wave of prayer and positive energy will ripple around the planet, creating a 24-hour wave of Reiki, love, and healing to all the members of the animal kingdom. Animals feed us, they clothe us, they comfort us, and inspire us. We live with them in our homes and in our communities, and we send this healing wave of light to them to express our gratefulness to them for their gifts to all humanity. Please join with us as we create a new movement of Reiki energy with the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Write to Paula to share your thoughts and experiences with Reiki. Paula at wellnessinspired.com. The healing modality of Reiki has become more recognized worldwide in both the areas of naturopathic medicine and Western medicine. Reiki not only benefits and heals the person receiving the Reiki healing energy, but also the practitioner. Learning Reiki can change your life and the life of those around you. Paula Vale of Wellness Inspired in Tacoma, Washington, has trained in Reiki worldwide and teaches all levels of Yusui and Karuna Reiki. 
Paula understands that teaching Reiki is both an honor and a responsibility. Go to wellnessinspired.com to learn more. Are you looking to relax, improve your health, and find balance in your life? Then you need to try the wonderful healing powers of Reiki. Reiki is an energy healing technique that is based on the concept of life energy. At Wellness Inspired, located in Tacoma, Washington, we offer Reiki sessions in combination with other healing modalities to maximize the healing benefits for our clients. We also have one of the few crystal healing beds located in the Pacific Northwest. To learn more about how you can achieve better health and balance with Reiki, visit us at wellnessinspired.com. You're listening to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. We would love to hear about your Reiki stories as well as your questions about Reiki. Paula will answer questions and share stories on the show. Please send an email to Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Again, that's Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Now, back to For the Love of Reiki. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I am here with Angie Cooper, and she is sharing her miraculous story of conquering disease and what she went through personally, emotionally, physically. And Angie, it's just amazing hearing this from you and, and sharing your words. Please, please share with us, you know, you made a decision on particular treatments and why did you choose what you chose and the path that you decided to take? Tell us a little bit about that, please. Sure, Paula, I'd love to. Um, yeah, so prior to all of this, prior to all the surgeries, etc., when I was first diagnosed, I spent hours on the computer researching other options, finding people who had survived terminal diagnosis and truly believing that if one person could survive my diagnosis, why couldn't I? My family were understandably very sceptical. As my girlfriend had gone down the, the path of different infusions and, you know, different diets, etc. Um, honestly, I just prayed and prayed and prayed. And I, I must mention that two days after my initial diagnosis, my mum visited me and placed rosary beads in my hand. And I began renewing my faith and asking God or whoever in the universe was listening to me, please help me find the answers. I went to healing mass after healing mass after healing mass and I began going to church again. I really did feel a little guilty as I'd stopped going to church when I was a teenager, you know, not so cool back then. But now, honestly, it gave me such comfort. Over and over again from this time on from strangers, I was receiving information on different types of therapies, but one in particular was the Gerson therapy. It's an all-natural approach, and the idea is that it rebuilds the body um, with all, uh, only organic foods, juicing, and the big one here, coffee enemas, <laughs> to, de- to detoxify. And I had to make the decision to not, um, to not give up and to really work at giving myself the best chance of survival. And I, I know, I honestly know that if I listened to the doctors, I would have kept having the glass of wine. They told me that I was okay and to enjoy, you know, life as I knew it. Sure, the foods um, may have tasted nice, but they were what damaged my immune system in the beginning. Um, 
And I and I believe that if I'd kept doing that, I wouldn't be here today. So from there, I applied to the Gerson Institute for a spot at their clinic in Mexico. They are actually based in San Diego, but as you know, latter had um, treat cancer naturally in the United States. Um, right. They choose to have their clinic over the border, um, where there are a lot. I think there's forty something clinics in uh, Tijuana alone that are treat cancer naturally. And I'm sure there are a lot of clinics that may not be reputable. So one thing I would advise is to really do your homework. After recovering from the second surgery in my hip, my mum and I headed off to Mexico where we stayed for three weeks to learn the therapy and the reasons why we do the juicing, detoxing, etc. And this was just the start of the two years of therapy, which entailed for the first 18 months um, with no exceptions, 13 fresh organic juices a day, pressed every single hour, not made in the morning and stored all the day, uh, during the day, all organic food and five coffee enemas a day to release the toxins um, and help the liver process. Max Gerson, when he started this therapy, he was originally from Germany, only ever had uh, people do the therapy for the full 18 months. But because our, our world now is so much more toxic, we have to follow the program for at least at least two years. Reducing slightly at 18 months where I went down to three coffee enemas and 10 juices a day. Um, I'd actually like to point out that I'm not claiming to be an expert. I'm not a doctor or even a nutritionist. So my story is purely my own journey and how I did heal myself. Uh, when I arrived at the clinic, I only weighed 46 kilos or 101 pounds. My hair was falling out in clumps. I would wash my hair and I could feel it uh, like falling down my back. I'm five foot seven, so as you can imagine, I look very sickly thin and very gaunt. And today I weigh a much healthier 54 kilos. Uh, 119 pounds and my hair is thicker and longer than ever and actually it's one thing that for some reason people comment on the most. I struggle to believe and so did my family that I could actually regain weight just eating a vegan diet but I did because what I was actually putting into my body was the goodness that it needed. For the first six to eight months, I really struggled mentally. I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression and this was all new to me because it was something I'd never experienced before. But they actually warn you about this in the, about this happening during this therapy. Um, and you would experience it because it's all to do with when you actually have all the good juices and that it's pushing the toxins into the bloodstream, which circulate through the body and actually go through the brain. For the first six months, I spent most of my time resting on the lounge um, and it's really just so that your body spends every every little bit of energy it has getting better. There are a lot of supplements that are taken, but to be honest, I think anyone that may be listening to that and is interested in this type of therapy, for them it'd be good to just contact the clinic itself so that you can learn and understand um, what goes on. Um, and people say, oh, that it's all about the money. It's not about the money. I didn't find it that expensive. And you really don't have to go to Mexico. There are, we actually have a Gerson practitioner in Australia who's happy to do the appointments by phone. And I know the Gerson clinic operates 
um, that well. And I've met a lot of people at that clinic, and unfortunately, not everyone does survive. But they don't, you know, they don't claim that everybody survives. A lot of the people that arrive there are so damaged from chemotherapy drugs right. um, that their bodies just can't come back. So, um, and others find it too hard. It, it's you know, it's a long, a long, hard commitment to follow. But yeah, that's that's how I started my journey back to health. And what is your health today, Angie? Oh, look, I am doing my health today really is fantastic. I feel great. I'm still following a diet based on the Gerson therapy. I only juiced about half the amount, but it doesn't tie me tie me to home anymore. I live a life pretty much normally. Um, I started yoga, I've started running, um, I still do my upside down coffee as people like to call it, but yeah, no, I'm feeling great and considering I was diagnosed a terminal cancer, you know, terminal cancer back in 2012, I have now been cancer free for two years and five months. Oh. So yeah, my, my health, my health today is, you know, pretty incredible really from where I was. That is so incredible. That is yeah. such an yeah. inspiration. It really is. Yeah. My yeah. God. And Angie, um, for the for the Reiki practitioners out there, you also tell us you also received some Reiki treatments during all of this. Tell us a little bit what that did for you while you were going through this challenge, if you would. Oh, I would love to. Um, I was a sceptic of a lot of things before I was diagnosed. I mean, you know, I would never wish cancer on anyone and unfortunately it's becoming more rife out there and more and more people are doing it. But one thing I was never into was Reiki and energy (laughs) healing and one of my girlfriends, a very close friend of mine, um, who stuck by me through all this because it's been quite amazing different people's reactions to you know, to my diagnosis, but one friend in particular who never gave up on me was also a Reiki master, and um, she would visit me at home, and I would go to her house, and we were doing this on a weekly basis, and it truly gave me more comfort than I could have ever wished for. I would go there completely strung out in tears, you know, experiencing the depression and anxiety that I'd never experienced and it would just give me the most unbelievably calm feeling. Um, yeah, amazing. Oh, that is... I, 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 just, I, I just know it played um, a part in healing because, you know, your body cannot be in a stressed, in a stressed position to get better and Reiki calmed me. Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, that is beautiful to know. I just, I love hearing that. And something I'm curious, and this is probably something that others have experienced. Tell us, how, how was it when you were first diagnosed? How did other people react to your illness? Um, it was kind of crazy. Friends and family have responded to my diagnosis in such very ways. Um, some choosing to step up and be there for me and funnily enough it's the people you don't expect and then others 
friends and family, ignoring me completely. You know, maybe hoping that if they did, it wasn't really happening. Maybe I'm, you know, the people that I was hoping would step up. You know, maybe that I was too close to them and it was too hard. I'm not really sure, you know. I have I've, I have friends to this day I've not heard from since my diagnosis. Not via tech, you know, people do say, they don't know what to say and I respect that and I try and, you know, not judge that. But I've also come to learn and understand that, you know, some people really don't know what to say and maybe they say, you know, they live in fear of saying the wrong thing. Um, yeah, but as mentioned, on the other hand, I have had friends and family who have gone over and above what I would have ever expected of them. My husband, my children, my mum and dad, not once queried my decision to go to Mexico. And when you think about it, imagine the first conversation that I had with my mum and dad, who both 75 at the time, um, you know, telling them I'm going to start doing coffee enemas. It was foreign to me, so I can only imagine, you know, what they must have been thinking. And looking back now, I wonder what was said after I left the room. They truly must have thought I was crazy. Um, I can laugh at that now for sure, but, you know, my dad even selfishly sent mum to Mexico with me and wouldn't let me even pay for her ticket while he stayed, you know, at home. And it was the longest time in 55 years of marriage that they'd been apart. So um, my kids as well have been absolutely amazing and they must have thought I was losing my marbles as well, you know, telling my my young children that I was going to start doing coffee in the week. You know, that I just felt at the time that no matter what happened, you know, they could see that I, I was doing everything in my power to be here for them. So yes. um, my son actually wrote, um, I don't have the card in front of me, but he wrote to me and said that love will get me better. And, you know, thinking of those words now, they are very, very powerful words. And now what I come to understand that to me is, that the love I have for my family is what actually gave me the strength and the willpower to never give up when others, you know, may have done that. So, um, yeah, people's reactions, try not to judge them, but, yeah, have been different. And to be honest, I can honestly say that if I didn't have the family that I had, um, I don't know if I would have seen this therapy through... You know, I have other friends who constantly visited me. Um, and as I just mentioned, I was lucky lucky enough to have a, one of them do Reiki and reflexology for me. And when I was bedridden, she would come over. I had a niece, or I have a niece, a beautiful niece, Marissa, who sent flowers and cards and messages, you know, all the time. Um, and I have... Uh, my husband's um, cousin, Larry, who lives in Reno, whom I've met in 1991, when we travelled, he emailed me more than anyone else in my family or my friends that I know of. He was always checking on on me. He would send me love and wishes. And he'll never ever truly know how much that meant to me and how much that support was needed at the time. Uh, I must say, this leads me to you, Paula. It connected us back in 2012. And, you know, although you had never met me, you offered to send me Reiki and healing, healing energy constantly. And it truly gave me peace knowing that people really did care. And I thank you so much for that. So, um, 
You are so. It's not all bad. The people that haven't contacted because people do. You know, you try not to judge, and people go out of your life. But then, you know, you make new friends. And I also made three best friends from the clinic: Lindsay, Emily, and Dylan, who I met at the Gerson Institute. And we've been best friends to this day as well. So you've got to kind of look at the positives and not the negatives. Yes, yes. Oh, I love that. Beautiful words. And we are going to break here shortly for a commercial. I would like to take a moment to remind all the listeners about our monthly world circle for the entire planet's animal kingdom. The third Saturday of every month between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. in your own time zone, you can send love, prayer, Reiki to the entire planet's animal kingdom. And every month this wave of love and energy is growing. And I just want to thank everyone that joins us every month. And when we come back from commercial, everyone, you don't want to miss this, Angie is going to share a psychic story with us. I'm very excited to hear this, Angie. So we will come back in just a moment, everyone. Angie, I'll be back with you in just a moment. Hi, I'm Kristen Eichel. Join Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki and I, along with millions of other Reiki and energy healers worldwide as we create the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife. Beginning from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. this Saturday and the third Saturday of every month in your time zone, this healing wave of prayer and positive energy will ripple around the planet, creating a 24-hour wave of Reiki, love, and healing to all the members of the animal kingdom. Animals feed us. They clothe us. They comfort us and inspire us. We live with them in our homes and in our communities, and we send this healing wave of light to them to express our gratefulness to them for their gifts to all humanity. Please join with us as we create a new movement of Reiki energy with the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Write to Paula to share your thoughts and experiences with Reiki. Paula at wellnessinspired.com. The healing modality of Reiki has become more recognized worldwide in both the areas of naturopathic medicine and Western medicine. Reiki not only benefits and heals the person receiving the Reiki healing energy, but also the practitioner. Learning Reiki can change your life and the life of those around you. Paula Vale of Wellness Inspired in Tacoma, Washington, has trained in Reiki worldwide and teaches all levels of Yusui and Karuna Reiki. Paula understands that teaching Reiki is both an honor and a responsibility. Go to wellnessinspired.com to learn more. Are you looking to relax, improve your health, and find balance in your life? Then you need to try the wonderful healing powers of Reiki. Reiki is an energy healing technique that is based on the concept of life energy. At Wellness Inspired, located in Tacoma, Washington, We offer Reiki sessions in combination with other healing modalities to maximize the healing benefits for our clients. We also have one of the few crystal healing beds located in the Pacific Northwest. To learn more about how you can achieve better health and balance with Reiki, visit us at wellnessinspired.com. You're listening to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. 
We would love to hear about your Reiki stories, as well as your questions about Reiki. Paula will answer questions and share stories on the show. Please send an email to Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Again, that's Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Now, back to For the Love of Reiki. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And joining me today, if you're just popping in, is Angie Cooper. And she is sharing her miraculous life story of conquering her battle with cancer. That You are so inspiring, Angie. This is so beautiful. And I'm so excited because you offered to share a psychic story with us. So let's jump in and have you do that. Sure, I would love to. Okay. Um, when I was first diagnosed, my niece bought me a ticket to see a psychic aunt in Brazilka. It was in a big room, so there was over 200 people. And I went along, never, ever been to a psychic before, you know, seen them on TV, heard them on radio, but never experienced it for myself. But I went along, so out of a group of 200, I actually said to my niece, so what happens when you pick me? Obviously manifesting this into my life. Um, and she went through what happened. So he started off and he, he spoke to several people before me and then he came down and he said, firstly he said, uh, someone went to a funeral where a coffin was dropped and I'm like, oh my goodness, I went to a funeral where this, you know, this happened. And I thought, oh, I won't put my hand up, you know. Of course, who else would have been to one? The breeding came to me and he said to me, um... Did you go to this funeral? Yeah, I went to this funeral. They couldn't get a coffin in the ground. They had to pick it up, drop it back, got dropped on the ground, went on. And I'm thinking to myself, I didn't even know this guy. And this is the next, you know, the next story he said was, he didn't even know this guy. It was through a work colleague. And I actually worked with this guy's mum. So that was kind of crazy. Anyway, the story changed. It went to someone else. I'm thinking, are you kidding? Is that it? The story came back, and his, what his message to me was, he said, I am picking up healing energy. It wasn't a person, and I thought, wow, this could be me. He came to the front of the room. He literally pointed at me and my niece, and he said, one of you is either receiving healing energy or you're a Reiki master or a healing energy master. I put my hand up and I said it was me. He asked me to stand up and he said, you're receiving a lot of healing energy, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am. And he said, can you please stand up? So I said, sure. I don't know why I'm standing up, but I'm happy to do that. And I stood up and he looked me in the face. And at this time, I'd only had my first surgery, so I looked really healthy. I hadn't started any of my treatments. Um, the scar on my arm wasn't visible you know, I, I'd had that covered up. And he looked at me and he said, oh, my God. He said, I feel like I've been hit across the head with a baseball bat. He said, emotionally, you've been through hell the last six months. And he said, actually, it's not that, is it? He said, you've been through emotional stuff. But he said, you have cancer, don't you? And I went, yes, I do. And he said, your aura is amazing. He said, seriously, sweetheart, this cancer will not take your life. He said, I am getting the messages from above that this message will not take your life. So don't worry about it. Um, and he said, I don't tell people that 
you know, he said, if I felt I had bad news for you, he said, I would ask to speak to you after the show. He said, forget it. He said, you're going to be okay. And he said, I don't know what it is, but he said there is something really important about the number two. Um, and that was my reading, and I was kind of freaked out because I was like, how did he know that I had cancer? But all through my journey of two years of Gerson therapy, when I was having tests, when things weren't coming back the way I was hoping they'd come back, his words were burned in my brain that this cancer would not take my life. So that was pretty crazy. That, that is a great story, isn't it? Yeah, amazing. yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I actually went to see him. I went to another reading, hoping I would get picked, but knowing that I'd had or, I'd already had my turn. So I actually got picked in the Q&A at the end of the show, um, and he picked me out of the crowd and said, you look like you need to ask me a question. And I asked him who it was that was giving me the messages because I always wondered if it was my nana or my granddad or mm-hmm. my friend that had passed, and he said... You've always thought this is someone you know. He said, it's not. He said, this is from your guardian angel. And that was his message. Oh, how beautiful. Oh. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Oh, I truly believe in psychics now. And if I ever get the chance, I would love to get to America and see the Long Island medium. (laughs) Teresa Pacito. Yes. That would be a dream. (sighs) There are some amazing psychics out there. Yeah. yeah, it is something yeah. else. Um, tell us, Angie, what have you learned from this experience and what do you hope to do from today forward? You you yeah. now have the rest of your life ahead of you. You're healthy. Tell us yeah. what, what your plans are. Oh, look, Paula, I have learned so much and, you know, in this time, obviously, and you know, obviously I would never have wished this upon my family because, you know, it's not just me. Like, I'm not after, like, pity and that poor person because, you know, there's literally thousands and thousands and more every day of being diagnosed with chronic illnesses. So, um, you know, it's a hard time just not for me but for my family, my friends, my parents, my children. Um, and I can't go back and change what's happened. So you really just have to try and be positive. And for me, it's the way I look at life now, the way I, I treat other people. Um, firstly, we must respect our bodies. You know, God has given us amazing gifts. And if I can reverse a chronic illness with the love and respect, you know, that I now give my body that it deserves, feeding it what it needs, um, Think about what other people can do to prevent it, you know. We have to think of the consequences of a poor diet and really look at what is in our food and what choices we have made. Um, I've learned not to judge people because, you know, there were days when I was really depressed and down and I didn't want to talk to anyone and I didn't want to walk around the shopping centre, you know, whistling happy tunes, you know, and I'm sure people probably looked at me and thought, oh, what's up with that woman? So really not to to judge people because everybody has a story. Nobody knows what anything else, you know, what other people are going through and what they're struggling in their, their own life. And really what I'd really like people to hopefully get from hearing this story, you know, it'll give other people the hope to never give up, you know. A lot of people are given the diagnosis from doctors. 
this is this is it. Go home, write your, you know, get your affairs yes. in order, and it's all over. But you know, anything is possible, and you know, the advice I'd give to others is, you know, research things for yourself. You know, not one thing is for everybody, and I'm not advocating that medicine therapy is for everybody. It's a hard therapy to follow. Um, but there are other things out there that, you know, people can do and find a doctor who is willing to listen, change your diet, you know. Um, yeah, but I would I would hope um, as my life goes forward that I can use it to inspire people um, to make changes in their own life. You know, we only get one chance at life, so... You know, give it everything you've got. Yes, and you you are an amazing story. You're a miracle, and and what hearing your story makes me realize is no matter what, no matter a diagnosis, no matter a a trauma or a tragedy, really, we all have choices, and you're reminding Definitely. us of that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm more than happy to, you know, as, I, as I've said before, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nutritionist, but I'm more than happy to support people in their own journey. So if anyone did want to, you know, send me an email or connect on Facebook, I'm more than happy to, to put people in the direction or just guide them to the different websites. You know, there's some fantastic websites that, that really are legitimate and they really are there trying to help people get better and they're not just all quacks or um, supposed alternate. You know, a lot of these websites are conventional doctors who have found that treating, either doing, you know, conjunctive, conventional and um, nutritional working together. So there's always hope out there, you know, for people. But, um, you know... Yes, yeah, life, life is good, Paula. Life is good. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, please, if you don't mind, share your email with us, with the listeners right now. Yes, definitely. Um, it's. I hope you can understand with my Australian accent. It's um, my initial, so it's A M Cooper. So A M C double O P E R at bigpond. dot net. dot au. Wonderful. There's some fantastic movies, um, A Beautiful Truth, Dying to Have Known, which are actually, they are actually based on um, the Gerson therapy, but they have been produced by independent um, people who have done their own research into the Gerson therapy. You can watch them free on YouTube. Another great movie I watched was Food Matters. And it just kind of makes you, not even if you're sick, but to watch it just to make you aware of you know, everything we put in our body, you know, is for a reason. And, you know, we, we tend to consume so much processed food. Really look at what you, you know, the way you are treating your body. Oh, I love that. I love that. Because what we put in our body, that's what our body has to process and live on. And Exactly, really- yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, one quick story I'd love to share if I've got time. Yes. Yeah. Um, you were saying how people reacted to my diagnosis and that. And one thing that um, actually brought tears to my eyes was um, when I went to the clinic, um, being Catholic, I'm, my family 
set up and started to do a novena, which is prayers to um, Mother Mary every day. And I think even in the last year, I've had people come up to me and say, oh, I was given that novena, I was praying for you while you're away, which I never knew. And my sister is a teacher at a um, Catholic high school, and she said she had students coming up to her who were not in her class asking if they could get a copy of the prayer so they could also join in um, and pray for me. So, you know, Reiki is fantastic type of healing energy, but I also look at it as a type of prayer. And so, yes. yeah, I truly believe that prayer also got me through these hard times as well. Yes, I personally believe that Reiki is a prayer modality because we are, we're connecting with God, Source, whatever word you want to call it, and connecting with that beautiful love and healing. Oh, Andy, your story is just so amazing, and you are such an inspiration. We're down to just a couple more minutes. Is there any last words you would like to throw out there for the listeners today? Um, just, yeah, just never give up hope, you know. Always, always know that um, our bodies are amazing and really just enjoy the life you've been given. Um, one big thing, I would actually... If I ever get the courage now, I've got this first talk out of the way. My sister would like to go and um, would love me to come and talk to her students at school. But it's, it's not really just about nutrition, what I've learned. It's just the way we treat other people. You know, we're so judgmental all the time. And that's one, one thing I have found in this journey, that I too was judgmental. You know, I, I judge a person walking down the street by maybe the, the size of their body or you know, the smile on their face. But there are a lot of people hurting out there and if everyone can just show some, a little bit more compassion towards each other, um, this world will be such a happier place. Everyone seems so angry these days for some reason, you know. We met with, we've really just got to change our thinking and, you know, be there to help oh. each other. Yes. Oh, thank you, Angie. Yes. Oh, what beautiful final words. I... I love that. I love that because that would be a big change. Yes. And just to have a little more compassion and love. Thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I am so appreciative. And a big thank you to all of our listeners out there in the U.S. and around the world. We are so grateful to have you with us today. And Angie, you have been an inspiration. Thank you so much, and I I am really grateful that you were on the show today. Oh, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much, Paula, and mm. hopefully my story will give, you know, even just one or two people some hope that, you know, if they've received. Yeah, yes. You, you are an angel. You are an angel, Andy, and I'm so happy we connected. And everyone, I will... See you next week, and feel free to email me or Angie with any questions, and we're so happy to have shared this inspiration today. Thank you, everyone. Love, hugs, and blessings, and Angie, thank you, and have a a great day, Angie.
Thank you again for tuning into For the Love of Reiki. Please join your host, Paula Vale, again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel to learn more about your better health. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 